really organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. <laughs> the Classic Rock Files with Kelly Parker and Mike Young. Hi, Mike. Hi, Kelly. So you say you like your Iron Maiden. You say you like your rock and roll. You say you like fishing. Have we got a book for you? I love rock and roll. I love Iron Maiden. Fishing, <laughs> couldn't be bothered. No, can't do it. Can't do it. I've tried. I've tried, but I get bored real quick. But you know who doesn't? Adrian Smith of Iron Maiden. Some people find it really peaceful, and that's a nice alternative to uh, when you're hard rocking on stage all rocking the time around the world. So Adrian Smith, in case you didn't know, is a huge fisherman. In fact, he's fished all over the world in rivers and lakes and streams and ponds, wherever he can get water. Hmm. He's putting a rod in it. What about creeks? Cricks. He's, he loves a good crick. <laughs> well, they've put out this press release for his new uh, book called Monsters of uh, River and Rock. And if this isn't a melding, a marriage of two completely disparate things, I don't know what is. But I just love the way this thing is worded. He's well known in the community as a fisherman and a former cover star of Course Fishing Bible, The Angler's Mail. I don't know what course fishing is. I don't know either. But apparently, and it says here, I guess he was featured in that magazine in 2009, August issue, for biggest chub of the season. That's, I don't <laughs> know. I mean, that could be a, a cover story for a few different types of magazines. Exactly. I don't, I don't know what that means. You might have to go behind the curtain at Dominion News to pick that one up. Right? So then it goes on to say, this is all part of the release, Adrian got hooked on fishing as a child growing up in East London, plundering ponds and bomb craters. I guess this is post-war, or maybe... Well, Adrian's not that old. No, maybe it's during the... Troubles? I, I don't know. Anyway, he was looking for newts, sticklebacks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what a stickleback is. I'm interested and, in that. You have me now. Yeah. I'm captivated. Continue. Yeah. yeah. You know who's hitting Google right after this? Me, stickleback. Which, by the way, original name of Nickelback. Oh. Terrible name. Well, that would have made sense, but I don't think there's sticklebacks <laughs> in Alberta. Things began to get more exotic, it says, when the young angling enthusiast grew up to become lead guitarist, etc., etc., etc. He's got tales about his first sturgeon, a hundred-pounder from the Fraser River in Canada. No, no, don't shortchange this statement here. You skipped a word. If his first sturgeon, a whopping 100-pounder. Well, that's such pounder. a classic fishing word, a whopper, just like the lies True. they tell when they go out on the water and how big the fish that got away was. You know what? That's called a whopper. I was more entertained by the use of the word pounder. Okay, carry on. Um, and nearly wiped him out mid-maiden tour. Uh, a close shave with a large shark off the Virgin Islands, twelst, wading waist-deep for bonefish. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Also could be behind the curtain yeah. at Dominion News. I have heard of bonefish. I just didn't realize how much that word also entertains me. I don't know if stories are in there from um, Manitoba, but a friend of a friend took him out when Iron Maiden was in Winnipeg for one of their tour stops yeah. to uh, fish here. So really? he'll go wherever there are lakes, rivers, waterways, etc. on whatever stop the band is making. So Did they go for, uh, what, catfish or... I don't even know what body of water they were on. I imagine just the river. Maybe a nice sauger? Checking things out. Obviously, it <laughs> depends how long the band is in town for. If he can sure. get away to, you know, a quick little day trip to the lake. Maybe he was out at the locks. I don't know. Yeah. Lots of uh, stories in there. If you're a fan of Iron Maiden, I'm sure he's got lots of nuggets about the touring life. And mm -hmm. if you're a fan of fishing, I'm sure there's lots of stories you'll understand about uh, sticklebacks. So <laughs> Maybe Winnipeg does get a mention in this. It just didn't make the press release. But Monsters of River and Rock, Adrian Smith... Coming out in September. Okay, we've talked before, speaking of books, about Rob Halford's book that is coming out. I don't know if uh, there's any mention of the biggest chub of the season. Oh, no. You know what? I'm nine. I just need to grow up. Nor do we know if there are mentions of sticklebacks, 
Mutes? Even mutes? Don't know. However, there is a lot about uh, what a story he's had, Rob Halford, and this is going to be a good read when it comes out. Finally got a date for it. Confess is the uh, chronicle of his life, and it will be released on September 29th. It's 272 pages, co-written with Ian Giddens, who also co-wrote Nikki Six's Heroin Diaries and Carmine Apice's Stick It, among other books. You know what? That's the third pronunciation I've heard, and I don't blame you for getting it wrong. It's a piece or apice. Now, the weird thing about these guys, I was actually going to mention it when we talked about it, Carmine and Vinny, two brothers in rock. Not distant cousins, brothers. One of them pronounces it a piece. His brother pronounces it apice. So... So, I mean, Apice sounds more sophisticated. Yeah. So that might be the fake one. Whatever makes it sound smarter yeah. than it is. Maybe. And a piece is like, you know, you're a kid and people would call you a piece of what, you hey. know? So you want to get away from that. Plus so, they're Italian, so I'm going to go with a piece. But they can't even decide. So you carry on with your pronunciation. I'll back that one as I'm well. I'm just living, trying to live my best life here. <laughs> um, confesses a compelling, heartfelt, honest look at the struggles Rob has faced with addiction and his sexuality, as well as exploring his music and his many brushes with controversy. Halford says, The book is a unique, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me to expose every facet of myself, digging deep with nothing to hide, nothing to fear, was in many ways exciting, fun, disturbing, terrifying, and cathartic. I've held nothing back, and it's time for me to confess. Now, that one definitely going to be a good read because uh, when he finally did come out, he was one of the first to do it, and he had just a ton to lose, depending on how that was uh, accepted. So uh, big-time courage at the time and uh, quite the story about how he came up to that moment in his life and that confession. So uh, looking forward to this one. He said a couple years back that he thought that this would end up being like three books because his life was three distinct chapters that he recalled his early years, the adolescent years, and uh, the place where he is now. He said it would end up like Lord of the Rings because he's got these three <laughs> distinct chapters of his life yeah. that are important to him and, and need a lot of attention to chronicling. So we'll see how it all got edited down by the time it was uh, put to print. Halford, yeah. I mean, I was going to suggest like maybe uh, he's a candidate for a biopic in the future, but we kind of had that a little bit with the rock star film starring Mark Wahlberg based upon Rob Halford leaving Judas Priest and then Tim Owens, who fronted a Judas Priest tribute band coming in to fill that spot. I think Halford's life is incredible. The, the fact that he is this hard-edged, heavy metal, manly rock and roll musician and then it turns out to be homosexual and all of these facets of his life are revealed. You know, it's... It's a much different story than Freddie Mercury. Yeah, absolutely. And that genre of heavy metal, the one that I would imagine would be the toughest to deal with that and to come out in. Yeah, and I'm interested to see in the book, you know, his struggles and really talking openly about them. Um, the heavy metal community, to me, has always been one of the more accepting communities in music. And I think we will find that it's more of a trepidation, but once he came out... I don't recall there being this ton of hate and backlash towards Rob Halford. It's like, you know, you're one of us. We accept you because yeah. metal itself is a community. It doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, black or white, you know, Absolutely. metal is the community. And I think yep. the metal community has always been like that, which is a tribute to the community. But still, it must have been. Ooh, I man, think that, that the uh, trying to make peace with that before you make the decision to come out is the, the hard part. How will they accept me? And then when you finally do, it's like, well, this wasn't so bad, you know, yeah. because you have a strong community around you. Excellent. Looking forward to that book. Finally here, more good time music from Sammy and the Circle. They have got these uh, lockdown sessions happening, and uh, so far we are now up to Funky Feng Shui, Won't Get Fooled Again, the Who cover. They did Van Halen's Good Enough. They did Bob Marley and the Whalers, Three Little Birds. Love that version. They did Whole Lot of Rosie, which was awesome. And now 
Little Richard's 1957 classic, Keep a Knockin'. Ah, I see that to pay tribute to Little Richard, they did a Little Richard song. Unlike that group we showcased a week or two ago that decided to do Red Barachetta by Rush to oh, yeah. pay tribute to Little Richard. <laughs> yeah, that's not, uh, that wasn't, this is a little more on point, yeah. And Sammy was saying I had the hardest time with this one because every time I came in singing, I started singing Led Zeppelin's Rock and Roll. Because Jason Bonham starts the song, for whatever reason, with uh, his dad's rock and roll drum intro. He says, it took me three damn takes, my favorite drummer and my favorite singer of all time. I love this one, hope you do too. Long live the music of John Bonham and Little Richard. Here's how it sounds. We've been saying it all along. I'll say it again. Sammy's voice is remarkable. What is he, 71, maybe 72? He's at least 71, and he's having zero problem with those high notes. And neither is Michael Anthony. Michael Anthony also has uh, the opposite of zero problem with sleeves. Yeah, hates a sleeve. Not a sleeve guy. I guess when you live in Hawaii, does he live in Hawaii, the Caribbean? Where does Michael Anthony I think he reside? lives in Los Angeles. He's I mean, probably got I about 50 he li- homes. He seems like he's an island liver to me. Where he's making his home in some place where four sides have water and he's easily accessible to any of those sides at any one time. Right, which of course precludes sleavery. Yeah, you just you can't be. The doing sun the has to be shining nearly twenty four seven, three sixty five for you to get away with throwing away all sleeved shirts. Sure, and he has done that because yeah. for seven lockdown sessions in, and I've yet to see a sleeve. That is the classic rock files. Ninety four three, the drive music director, Mike Young. Thank you. Thank you.